Have you or someone you know experienced a pregnancy or child loss? Are you struggling to heal from that experience? Join us after the intro for a conversation with a very special lady, an angel mama, who took the pain from one of the worst experiences a woman can go through and use it as a fuel to create a non-profit organization that aims at helping others who go through similar experiences. Stay tuned. Do you feel stuck in your life? Do you feel unhappy but not completely sure what that is? Do you hold a grudge towards someone for something they did which affects you and the way you live your life? Have you ever told someone, I forgive you, but in reality you were not completely over what happened? Why is it so difficult to truly forgive? How do we forgive? And can anything and anyone be forgiven? Hi, my name is Rosanna D, and I'm the host of the Forgiven Tribe Show. This is a safe and not judgmental place for sharing opinions and challenging experiences where the practice of forgiveness helped individuals to get unstuck and create a much more fulfilling life than they had before. Join me in this exciting journey to unveil how you too can have the life you deserve. Simply click the subscribe button below to receive notification about future episodes. Welcome to the Forgiven Try Show. In today's episode, we talk about pregnancy and infant loss. What consequences these experiences can have on the survivors, especially moms. Miscarriages alone are much more common than most people realize. It's in fact estimated that about one in eight pregnancies will end in miscarriage. We talk about uh, what it means losing a child with Danielle Nicole Reddick, who is joining us from Ohio, US. Danielle is the founder of Tiny Hearts Remembered, a nonprofit organization that provides acceptance, comfort, recognition, understanding, support, and healing for women who experienced pregnancy and infant loss. Hi, Danielle. Welcome to the Forgiven Try Show, and thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you here and uh, to talk about this uh, very important topic. Um, I, I really would like to start from you and uh, your story and what made you found, uh, found this uh, organization? So I founded this organization because I actually had a pregnancy loss back in 2016. So I found out I was pregnant and it definitely caught me by surprise. Um, and with that, my first doctor's appointment, they made the statement that based on my blood tests, my ACG levels, that I would either experience a miscarriage or twins. So me being the positive, bubbly person I am, I was excited for twins. So I'm like, am I going to have a boy and a girl, two boys, two girls? I wasn't sure. Um, but unfortunately, as time went on and I started experiencing um, abdomen pain and bleeding off and on and constant visits to the hospital, I did find out that I was actually experiencing a miscarriage. And then with that, um, I was almost nine weeks pregnant with that. So the day that we were scheduled to go and actually hear the heartbeat was the day that I found out that I was losing the baby. So this idea of the organization has been on my mind for a long time. It just kind of took me some time to actually get it started and running. I see. So uh, it started very much from uh, a personal experience. So can, can we talk a little bit about this uh, organization, what it is, uh, what's the mission uh, exactly, uh, what are the sort of projects uh, that is involved in um, any sort of information that can be relevant to our listeners? Yes. Um, so actually with that, it is a nonprofit organization and it actually started off as a for-profit, so LLC. Back in 2020, when COVID first started, I had lost my job due to COVID. So I kind of had more time on my hands to really sit and just 
think about my past. And then I felt as though that was the perfect time to get everything started and prepared for Tiny Hearts. Um, so it was just supposed to be merchandise, me selling merchandise to women like myself who experienced pregnancy and infant loss. And then I started watching YouTube videos. I started um, being members of different Facebook groups and other nonprofit organizations. And then that's when Clubhouse was around. So I was on Clubhouse speaking with founders of other nonprofits. And then I was like, okay, Danielle, this is definitely um, a nonprofit. You, should, you will be able to make more of an impact on the women that you are trying to serve taking this route. So that is definitely what I, the route that I chose to take. And Tiny Hearts Remembered was birthed and formed on February 12, 2021. So we are still new this year. And our mission is to provide comfort, recognition, understanding, support, and healing to women who have experienced pregnancy and infant loss. And we also do, um, we provide this mission through educational programs, relationship building, support services, and fundraising. Um, we have a lot of programs as well. Um, our main program right now is the Angel Mamas Facebook support group. So it is a private Facebook. It is interactive. Women are able to share pictures, um, old pictures or current pictures, videos, testimonies, their current thoughts, feelings, whatever they may need to help them mentally and emotionally. Some of the women in the group are currently having, having a miscarriage or pregnancy loss. Some of them have experienced this 10, 15, 20 years ago. So there's no time frame on the women that can be in this group. It is only for mothers. Um, so fathers are not um, allowed to be in the group right now. So we just want to, I just want to provide that comfort, safe space for the moms. So it is just for angel moms. Then we also have a program called Tiny Heart Support, and that is a topic-based monthly support group session. It happens every second Tuesday of the month, and we basically have guest speakers. So we've had doctors, we've had other angel moms, NICU practitioners, um, and then they just come on and share either their story with pregnancy loss or they give us information. So then women who attend these sessions are allowed to just take in the information. They're able to ask their questions and most of them were able to get their answers um, that they needed for those questions. And then we have the Tiny Hearts Bond Program. Um, and that's just for all of us to come together. And it's already a sad, um, unfortunate topic and situation. So we utilize this program to come together as not only angel moms, but as women and sisters as well to just have fun. Um, our first Tiny Hearts um, bond was a movie night. So that's something we did virtually. Um, we were able to watch the movie Pieces of a Woman, which was a pregnancy loss movie. If you haven't seen it yet, I do advise everyone to watch that movie, not by yourself though, with someone just because there are triggers with pregnancy and infant loss in that movie. Um, so that's basically what Tiny Hearts Bond is for us to come together, have fun, remember our babies and not always have to um, have that sad feeling when, when it comes to pregnancy loss and build that relationship with one another. Tiny Hearts Care, um, that's basically a program where we recognize one another and honor the baby. So for Mother's Day, we actually sent out Mother's Day cards to all of the angel moms who signed up and who wanted to receive those cards. And we just wrote special, nice, um, sentimental messages for them acknowledging them on Mother's Day. And then we have the Tiny Heart Share program. And that is where women can be interviewed via Zoom, Facebook, or Instagram, or um, they can send in a picture with their written story. So some of the moms are not comfortable yet with sharing their stories on video, which is perfectly fine. So we do give them that opportunity to, whether it's a poem, their own personal story, or even a little letter that they wrote to their own baby. They're able to submit that to us and it will be displayed on our website and our social media platforms. And then um, our Tiny Hearts Give, we do have a lot of programs. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Our um, Tiny Hearts Give program, um, it is not functioning yet, 
but um, it is in the process of starting up soon where we do, um, we'll be able to allocate funds to angel mothers who have experienced financial hardship. So a lot of women are forced to go right back to work after a pregnancy and infant loss. And some of them honestly have bills depending on how far along they were from the hospital, $3,000, $9,000, or even more. So with that, this program will be able to help them in some type of way um, to be able to receive money so that they can pay off those medical bills or they can pay off some of their bills that they may be behind on because they haven't been able to go back to work because of their um, traumatic experience and then also bill expenses as well. So with that, it's an application that they'll have to complete and then they'll be able to be provided those services. Wow, uh, these are really a lot of, uh, of programs. Uh, well, well done and congratulations in putting together uh, such a fantastic, fantastic program. Um, this is uh, all good and uh, good support uh, for uh, all women uh, that have uh, experienced that. Um, but let's take a, a step uh, backward and start uh, analyzing and uh, providing some of the information that perhaps uh, through all the experts uh, that you had uh, through your programs, uh, you managed to, uh, to understand and also through your personal experiences. Uh, experience. um, what are uh, the most common causes uh, for uh, a miscarriage? So with that, the most common causes um, that can actually increase the risk of miscarriage uh, will be abnormal genes or chromosomes. So that's, that's what I experienced. It was just one of those things where all the chromosomes were not able to um, continue to form. So it was a pregnancy, it was going along, and then just the chromosomes were not able to continue to grow and form. So then the development stopped. So that is one of the most common um, risks. And then just maternal health conditions, cervical problems, and then sometimes age. So um, as most people know, as you get older, sometimes you may have difficulties, not saying it's impossible, but you may have difficulties with either getting pregnant or staying pregnant. And then um, another cause can be underweight or overweight. Right. So there, there are really uh, a lot of causes. Among these, are there some uh, aspects that we can control, for example, with our diet and with our, our uh, environment? Uh, what can we do? You know, some of the, uh, of the aspects cannot be uh, prevented. Uh, they might be genetic or there might be uh, other medical conditions and that are completely out of uh, our uh, own control. But are there aspects that we can really uh, control and pay attention and perhaps perhaps at least on this, uh, get it right uh, to, to make sure that we can uh, bring this uh, uh, pregnancy uh, forward in time? Um, so yes and no. <laughs> so that's a really good question. Yes and no. And I say no, because once you start to experience a miscarriage, unfortunately, it has to run its course. So that is something that I was not able to grasp at the time because I wanted to just, you know, take some medicine and feel better and hopefully everything will stop and then I'll be able to continue my pregnancy. And unfortunately, that that's not possible. Once it starts, it has to finish its course. And unfortunately, it is the loss of the pregnancy um, during that. Um, and then it's just the HCG levels have to completely go down to zero. And that's how you know that the miscarriage is completely finished. And then just as far as helping prevent, it is like you said, so your diet, um, being healthy, taking prenatal and or multivitamins, speaking with your healthcare provider. So that is a big one because sometimes doctors don't want to listen to us. They think that we don't know what's going on with our bodies. So it's very important to 
if one doctor is telling you something you don't feel comfortable and you're constantly going back and they're dismissing you, then you need to try and go to another doctor or another health provider so that you can get the answers that you need and the help that you need and want. And then um, they have doulas who help with um, women who are navigating through pregnancy and then just seeking regular prenatal care altogether. So constantly staying up on your checkups. And then um, they do have a procedure that you can go through if you experience a miscarriage. I had the option of going through that procedure, which is called a DNC. Um, I, I did not want to go through um, that procedure. That is something that I did decline. So I did have to take the pill, which is called misoprostol. And with that, it just make it basically empties out your uterus, which is the same thing with the DNC, but the DNC is actually a, a physical procedure with the pill. It's more of you pop the pill in your mouth and you just let everything run its course. Um, and the reason why they want you to empty out your uterus is so that you don't get any infections or any other um, internal problems that can happen if you keep the tissues and the blood and all of that inside of your body. Of course, of course. Um, so what are the symptoms uh, that women should really pay attention and that may uh, indicate that perhaps a miscarriage is on the way? Um, so with that, some symptoms that can that you can see or you can feel some of them are also symptoms that you also have during pregnancy so sometimes women can spot during their entire pregnancy but spotting and bleeding is a sign that you are miscarrying and that is something that i had i did have the spotting and the bleeding and then the passing of um tissue i actually passed two tissues so that's why i do feel as though i was pregnant with twins mm -hmm. so you know, that's definitely something that I mentally and emotionally deal with on a daily basis since the experience, um, just because I may not have actually given birth to a full born child, but I still did feel the passing of tissue. So that is where PTSD um, and menstrual PTSD come about. So um, a lot of women who have experienced um, miscarriage, we do not like our menstrual cycles. We never did to begin with, but we really don't now because it's that constant reminder of what we felt and what we had to deal with when we were going through our miscarriage. Um, and then if you have like vaginal discharge that smells, definitely you want to connect with your um, healthcare provider, bright red bleeding, um, heavy or prolonged bleeding, um, severe abdominal pain, you should immediately report to your doctor. So I did have the pain, um, in the abdomen to the point where I couldn't walk. Um, so, not, so my significant other at the time will have to carry me down the steps so that we can go to the hospital to figure out what was going on. But when I would go to the hospital, they would say everything was fine. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was just like, like, okay, well, you know, you're bleeding, but everything looks fine. They would show me the ultrasound. Everything did look fine to me. So personally with my experience, I'm not even sure when exactly it was just like one minute I wasn't, and the next minute I wasn't. So even with me going to the doctor, having those symptoms, um, it still was one of those things that the doctors really couldn't tell me too much until it got to that point and it was already happening. Okay, so if I understand correctly, it's uh, uh, really paying attention to everything that is going on with your body and uh, around it. And if yes. unsure, um, better check with a, a health uh, care or doctor uh, than being sorry, uh, perhaps later. Uh, that's, I think, a very, uh, very good advice uh, to, to, any, uh, to any women. Um, you mentioned um, the consequences of losing a, a child or miscarriage. Um, there are obviously emotional consequences and physical consequences. Uh, let's start with the physical ones. Um, so what sort of uh, uh, physical symptoms uh, you experience after uh, 
the miscarriage um, and that perhaps should be once again reported to a doctor and that can be uh, a symptom that something else perhaps is not quite right. Uh, I would definitely say stay up on your blood work. So with me, in order for them to know that everything was fine was because my HCG levels were going down. So they need to get back down to zero. So if they're not going down, then definitely communicate with your doctor. They'll let you know when you go for your blood work. So staying up on that and just resting your body. Um, and then kind of with the same symptoms. So if it's prolonging, so if you are still having that pain, if you are still heavy bleeding afterwards, Give it, you know, give it some time because you want your body um, to heal because they, depending on how high your levels were, so that means depending on how long you were pregnant, it may take a little bit longer for your levels to go down. And normally, how long is uh, the sort of uh, physical uh, recovery period uh, after a, a pregnancy loss? Um, it depends on how long you were pregnant. It depends on how long you were pregnant. It can range to from a few weeks, so two to three weeks, to a month or even more. I would say mine was about two to three weeks. I was back and forth to the hospital, them constantly sticking me with the needle and checking my blood levels um, so that they can get down to what they needed to get down to because our bodies, with my pregnancy, it was my body didn't realize that it wasn't pregnant anymore. Mm -hmm. So they were still so high. So I had to keep going back and going back. And then that's when they said, um, you either have to go through this BNC procedure or you have to um, take the pill and you will miscarry at home. And that's miscarrying in the toilet, which is traumatic by itself. Um, that's something that I will never forget. And that is for me, I do have the menstrual PTSD because the pain, the, the cramping, the blood clots, everything that I experience on a monthly basis is what I experienced 10 times more during my miscarriage. Um, so definitely from what you are saying, um, the hardest part of, of losing a, a child and um, it's not difficult to, uh, to believe and understand, it's really the emotional uh, consequence of that, the emotional uh, impact. Uh, that uh, that experience can have uh, on, on any woman. Um, yes. What would you advise to anyone listening uh, who is going through uh, that moment, that grief uh, of a miscarriage or uh, infant loss? I would say allow yourself to go through the emotions. Um, everyone grieves differently. You those around you that are trying to support you during your loss, but dismissing and not acknowledging your feelings is not going to help. And a lot of us do think that they try to brush it under the rug. They act like it never happened. I know I started attending therapy when I lost my pregnancy, but my therapist wanted to speak about something else. She didn't want to speak about my baby. So I stopped going to her. Um, so it's really just, knowing that it's okay to not be okay, setting those boundaries. And if you're not comfortable with, it can be something as you don't want to see pregnancy announcements. Okay. You may have to unfollow that person on social media for a while, or you may have to mute those type of words so that you're not triggered and just making sure that you try to be aware of what triggers you. Um, because you may not know, I know when I went into one of my favorite stores after I lost my baby and they had changed the store around. So we're walking and we walk past the baby aisle and then I just broke down in the store, not even realize, you know, I'm thinking I'm okay. I'm thinking everything's okay. And it, and it really wasn't. Um, so just kind of being aware, trying to be aware, because sometimes we just don't know. Sometimes we don't know why we are say all we know is we want our baby sure and a lot of people say okay we'll just have another one no i want that baby we always wanted that baby or those babies that we lost and people don't um 
they don't understand that. And just losing a child, losing a pregnancy is definitely an emotional roller coaster. And with me and my experience, I've loved kids since I was a kid. <laughs> so it was definitely hard for me. And then I had to go back to work with children. I was a toddler teacher at the time and I was around infant babies as well. So that was that thankfully my uh, co-teacher at the time was very supportive of me. Um, so it's definitely good to have that support system with you as well. Uh, I love where you are going and uh, I want to embrace uh, that particular aspect, the sort of uh, support that we can uh, get from people around us um, at, at different uh, levels, from family and friends and uh, co-workers. So sometimes when you're going through a difficult time, it's difficult to ask for help. And um, uh, it's very easy just to close up and, and say, this is my uh, problem, this is my pain, this is my, my stuff, I want just to um, hug myself and, and, and stay in, in that moment. How can uh, a woman going through that situation, that experience, can overcome that uh, sort of resistance and, and ask for help? Uh, you know, the, the, the positive help, the one that really gives them a hand to come out of, of that shell. I would say, honestly, most of us, we won't ask for help because we're ashamed. We are dealing with those feelings with anxiety and PTSD and just the constant remembrance of the loss. And it's the, our surroundings. So it's the support groups that we may see on TV, or it's this event that's going on that was posted on Facebook or something we may see in the newspaper, and then that will catch our attention. And I'm not going to speak for all moms, but for me and some of the moms that are in my group, a lot of them won't ask for help, which is perfectly fine. It's okay. Just know that it's always there. So me being the founder of Tiny Hearts Remember, I will sometimes message them. So I may not actually put it in the group. I may message them on the side and just ask them, hey, how are you doing? And some of them are like, I'm really not doing well. And then I'll be able to connect with them. And I had to be in that position because I didn't know anything about pregnancy loss. Infant loss, I, that really wasn't... Um, common in my surrounding and by in my environment I only knew someone close to me who did end up having a stillbirth and that was the only thing and with me just being a compassionate person I wanted to be there for her but as a as an angel mom we don't know what we want because what we do want no one can give us when we want it, which is our baby, or is our pregnancy um, back. We don't get to see our bellies grow, and that's something that we always wanted. So I think that as angel moms, just if you have that ability to, if you have, if you are at that point in your grieving stage where you can research and you will find organizations, you will find support groups. Facebook has a lot of support groups. There's, a, there's organi organizations like mine who are out there who are looking for women to just join. And that's why we do have our Tiny Heart support. And women can attend, but you don't have to participate because that's what women are afraid. Some women are afraid, which is it's okay to be afraid. They don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. They don't because it's, it's, it's hurtful enough. Now you want me to talk about it. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. So we also allow them to just come on. We are on Zoom. When we do this, it's not recorded because we want them to know that this is a safe space and they can just listen in. And if they do want to say something, they can just type in the chat. So I think that it's very difficult sometimes for an angel mom to find the support, but as long as the support is out there, they'll be able to get it and receive what they need. Uh, that, that is absolutely beautiful. It's uh, really giving them the time and the space to be comfortable in opening up. And if they are not uh, comfortable opening up uh, in front of a large group, they can still find the support in one or two people uh, on, a, on a side, uh, side way. That's absolutely beautiful. And what would you suggest, uh, suggest to those that perhaps 
um, want to provide help, uh, want to help uh, an angel mom, um, and, but perhaps they don't use the right words or uh, the right um, sentences, you know, uh, don't worry, you will have another child or, um, you know, um, better now than later. Um, I, 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 don't, I haven't lost a child myself, but my sister had uh, between uh, the, after the second child and before the, the third. And um, I remember people telling her, oh, it's better now than, than later. Uh, and uh, uh, my heart really shrank uh, because even though I haven't lost a child, I, I, I you know, a, a child doesn't have an age, it's your child, right? So what are the, uh, what is the language really that we, and the words that we have to be careful um, and, and not to use because they, they can, even though, you know, the, the, the starting uh, point is uh, uh, wanted to help the person and wanted to relieve their pain, but perhaps it's more helpful than a, than a positive help. So that list is a long list <laughs> and I will probably have you here all day. So I'll only give you a few. Um, do not tell them that they are not a mother. That's very hurtful because they are a mother. Soon as that pregnancy test said positive, they were a mother. So just because their baby isn't physically here, it doesn't mean they are no longer a mother. You know, it's just that their their child just isn't physically here. That's just like if someone's mother passes away, you're not going to say, I don't have a mother. My mother passed away. My father passed away. My grandfather passed away. It's, it's, it's the same with us um, pregnancy and infant loss survivors, but the subject is so taboo and people are, you know, people think it's a disease or something of that nature when this is, this is, this is a life experience. This is a journey that we, this is a journey in a club that we did not ask to be a part of. So taking that motherhood away from us is definitely very hurtful. And then don't tell them to get over it. That's like someone telling you to get over the loss of your parent that you were very close to or the loss of someone that you were close um, in relation with. So definitely don't tell anyone to just get over it. You're never going to get over losing your baby. I know mothers who have gone on to have successful pregnancies after a miscarriage or even multiple miscarriages, and now they may have their rainbow baby, but they're still not over the previous miscarriage or the previous infant loss that they had. Um, and then don't tell them to just have another baby. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> um, it does not work like that. So telling them to just have another baby from an angel mom's point of view, it's basically saying, forget that baby, get a new one. Mm. No, we wanted that baby. We wanted that pregnancy. Um, and then telling them that it happened for a reason. I'm a religious person. So I do feel as though God sets the tone for everything. He places everything in your life during that time for a reason. But it's also one of those things. There's nothing that you can tell me as to why my child or my pregnancy was taken away from me. So even if you are a believer, everyone has their different beliefs, which is fine. That's still not something that you should say to um, an angel mom, because from their point of view, you're basically saying it's a reason why your baby died. And that's very hurtful to say. Um, and then don't be dismissive. Um, acknowledge the loss, acknowledge the mother, um, and let them know that, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to not be okay. Don't just, you know, br brush it under the rug like it never happened. And then don't rush the grieving process or tell them at least you can get pregnant or at least it was early or, you know, I, I was told, well, at least you got pregnant. Okay. That's still hurtful because look how the situation ended, which was out of my control. There was nothing that I can do. So that's definitely more hurtful than helpful. Um, and then I, the last thing, like I said, the list can go on. The last thing uh, would just be to be considerate. So when it comes to 
baby showers and gender reveals and all of those um, special dates. Angel Moms, we are happy for those close to us. We are happy for strangers because we just love babies and we just love children. But be considerate if that's something that you want us to be a part of. Just ask. How, how do you feel? I, I'm having my baby shower on this day. I know you experienced a loss. I really would like for you to come, but I understand if you don't want to. Don't take that away from us by just kind of throwing us in that position. So just be considerate. Absolutely. In what you mentioned before, you know, take your time. Don't rush going back to the life you had before uh, as nothing or almost nothing had happened. Sometimes the tendency is, okay, it has happened. I move on with my life. I go back to work. Life continues or take, uh, goes back to what it was before. And perhaps that rush into the pre-miscarriage situation can be damaging as not dealing with, with, the, with the situation, right? Yeah. So what would you suggest in that case? For example, how to deal with people at work or your line manager? Obviously, they are probably aware of, of the situation, but uh, is there something more that you might need to communicate? And if so, what are the sort of uh, emotion, I suppose, uh, I want to go that you have to be open about with, with them? Um, it's definitely one of those sticky situations because some people, this is a very sensitive topic. Um, this is, especially when, say you are visible, vis visibly pregnant, and then you do experience a, a infant loss or a pregnancy loss, and then you have to go to work, and then you don't have a baby to show, show for that. So I definitely think it's about having that communication with your boss. You may not have to discuss this with your coworkers if you are not ready. So with that, at your own pace, share your story when you are ready. I know I did go back to work and my, I just had a close relationship with my co-teacher at the time. So, you know, I, I cried in her arms when I, when I got to work and I told her and she was there for me. And it actually took me a while to actually tell my boss, um, just because I just, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to share that with her. It was, oh, I'm just not feeling well. I'm, I'm sick one of those mental health sick days. Um, and then it took me a while to actually tell her exactly what was going on. I personally had enough time to kind of miss on, out on work. Some people do not. So I don't want anyone to think that just because you have to go back to work, you have to share something so personable and something so special with those at work. But for your mental health, for your mental health, you can definitely explain the situation. You may need time off. Can you use your personal days? Can I use my sick days with those type of situations? Because some people do go right back to work like it never happened. And then like you say to yourself, it's, it's damaging in the long run. You'll, you'll work, 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 and then you can get triggered and then you have a mental breakdown. And there's nothing wrong with having a mental breakdown because this is something that you really wanted, even for mothers that did not want the pregnancies. Because I've had women who send me messages like, hey, I actually had an abortion. I didn't want to, or I did want to, but it still affects me. Can I still be an angel mom? Can I still be considered an angel mom? Can I still be in the group? Can I still do this? Yes. As soon as that pregnancy test said pregnant, you are a mom, whether it was your choice or whether it wasn't your choice. At the end of the day, we are going through something emotionally. And if you have that opportunity to build that relationship with that one person at work that you can share, you will actually find out that the people around you have possibly experienced that or know someone that has experienced that. So I know one of my coworkers now, when I shared information with her, she can't even have children. So she's experienced multiple losses. And I would have never known if I just didn't feel, sometimes you just have that connection with someone and it just came up in conversation. And ever since then, that is a conversation that we openly 
have. And I think that's one of the reasons why that is one of the reasons why I started Tiny Hearts, because I don't want people to be afraid to speak about pregnancy and infant loss. I don't want people, it's always that awkward silence when they ask you, how many children do you have? And and that's even me as an angel mom. It took me a while to really publicly acknowledge my baby. Some days I would say, yes, I have one kid and a goddaughter, you know, because around that time that I found out I was, I was pregnant, I was also um, given the opportunity to be a godmother. So my baby and my angel baby and my goddaughter, they have like this special relationship I know that they have. So just finding that person at work that you can trust and be able to share those intimate conversations and memories with, and it, it will definitely make it a lot easier. Um, it's not gonna just be like, okay, it's so much better now, but you'll be able to navigate a little bit better because you don't have to worry about losing your job because you're not there. You don't have to worry about constantly dealing with these thoughts because you have someone that you can speak to about them. Absolutely. But sometimes I think it's also a matter, for example, of being uh, open with your line manager, for example, and say, well, you know, uh, I'm still sort of recovering uh, from that experience. And perhaps we need to rediscuss the workload in a way that mm -hmm. uh, I, I can, uh, I can uh, work it through and uh, without being affected even further. I really uh, love what you, what you just said. One thing that you mentioned is about shame. Like with many other uh, aspects uh, that touch the realm of mental health, there is quite a lot of stigma. What are the, the reasons why you would say uh, there are stigma around losing a child? I mean, uh, this is something uh, you mentioned is normal. It can happen to any, any uh, woman who uh, is going through pregnancy. And it's something that is not specific of our time. It has always been there. So why we are still discussing about uh, shame with losing a child or uh, we cannot really open openly talk about it. Yes, um, because as a woman, some, some women feel as though, you know, we're put on this earth to reproduce. <laughs> you know, we are put on this earth to reproduce. So when that does not happen, they feel as though they are less than, and that is not the case at all. Um, but it doesn't dismiss their feelings. It's okay for them to feel shameful it's okay for them to just feel embarrassed because it's those questions that we have well why couldn't i me why couldn't i carry my child why couldn't i have a full term pregnancy why could i give birth to my baby when we see women who are having two three four five six babies and then all we want is one just one and it's just not happening. It's definitely a, a blame. We have guilt. We have shame. And it's like, why me? What's wrong with me? It's the sense of failure. Uh, as you said, it's, it's very difficult to, uh, to overcome it. It's, it's really at the um, uh, sort of bottom uh, of, our, of our feelings. There are lots of uh, myths or misconceptions when it comes to, uh, to pregnancies. For example, one that I heard is I got a, a miscarriage, uh, surely uh, I won't be able to uh, give birth again. Or, you know, the, I know for, for a fact my, my sister, as I mentioned before, had, had a miscarriage and it was the third child that didn't, uh, unfortunately didn't come. So the first two were absolutely healthy uh, without any problem. And then after that, there was a fourth pregnancy and I, I have an adorable uh, niece that everything went, went fine. So uh, I know for a fact that that is just a myth. Uh, are there any other uh, myths and misconceptions that perhaps uh, can create a lot of uh, uh, stress with uh, women who have gone through pregnancy loss and that perhaps are, are not just uh, simply not true? Yeah, so it is the, if you have one miscarriage, you'll never have a baby. That's definitely um, not true. Some women will actually go on to have their rainbow baby, which is what we call the baby after your miscarried baby, um, is your rainbow baby. And then sometimes women go on to have 
three, four kids, you know, maybe just that first one was a miscarriage or even like in, you know, your personal experience with those in your family, it's okay. I, they birthed a healthy baby. Then they had a miscarriage. Then they birthed a healthy baby. Then they had a miscarriage. So the myth of if you have a miscarriage and you'll never have a baby is not true at all. And if you do have multiple miscarriages, because I know when I had my miscarriage, I was definitely just like emotionally, mentally, I was not where I I needed to be because I was just so heartbroken. And I wanted them to just, okay, well, what tests do I need to take? What, what, What do I need to do? What draw my blood, do what you need to do so we could figure out why I had a miscarriage. And they couldn't do that because I only had one. So when you do have multiple miscarriages back to back, um, that is when you can get tested for certain things and they can figure out, you know, are there any underlying cervical issues, fibroids or um, cysts or anything of that nature. And then um, spotting or bleeding means you're miscarrying. So that is not true, even though those are symptoms like um, I shared earlier, but some women do spot and can spot during their entire pregnancy, which is scary. Um, That is very scary because you are going to always be on edge. You're going to think something's wrong. Um, So definitely making sure that you go to the doctors because like in my case, I was spotting and then they did say everything was fine. And then I go back and she can't even show me the ultrasound. And when she did show me the ultrasound, it was like someone had paint on their hand and just smeared just smeared their hand all over a piece of paper. So I'm like, well, what happened? You know, so definitely spotting or bleeding. Um, it does not always mean that you are miscarrying. And then um, you have to wait months or years. I've heard that as well um, before you can conceive again, which is not true. Um, it's honestly, if you feel as though you need to wait that long, definitely do what you need to do for your health, for your mental health, for emotional health as well. But depending on how long you were pregnant and depending on if you um, miscarried at home with the pill or if you did have the procedure, you can try again once your um, HCG levels go back down to zero. And then that can take, like I said, depending on how long you were pregnant and the, and the procedure, or if you took the pill, that can take either between a few weeks or a month or so. So it, ju- it just really depends. But, you know, even though you had a miscarriage, does not mean that you will not one day be a mother. And if you are having multiple miscarriages, please, Make sure that you are connecting with your health provider, even if you need to go to multiple health providers to get different opinions so that you can understand what exactly is going on. Because I will say that is something I did not do. Um, I was the one that tried to brush everything under the rug, and it wasn't until after the fact. And, you know, when I started up Tiny Hearts that I actually went back through my paperwork trying to figure out what exactly happened. Like I knew it happened, but what exactly happened and understanding the the um, health lingo and what does this mean? Because I really wasn't explained that it was you're pregnant, you're either going to have a miscarriage or twins, come back every week for your blood test. You're bleeding. Okay, go home. You're fine. Now you're losing your baby. I really didn't get, and I didn't know that was my first time being pregnant, you know, so I just wasn't really aware of a lot until after the fact. This is a, a very useful information because sometimes I have the feeling that a lot of the stress comes from not knowing exactly the truth about the situation and perhaps just listening to people around us uh, that they ha- might have an idea, but might be completely uh, wrong, uh, as we said, just a, a myth or a misconception. Daniel, listen, obviously the mom is, the person is more affected, most affected uh, by the loss of a child. But what about those around, for example, uh, also the, the partner sometimes? When a couple, for example, goes through uh, an experience like that, this situation can make it or, or break it. So what would you say, what would you advise uh, to a a couple, uh, for example, going through that experience, 
um, to come together and grieve together rather than uh, uh, closing up. I hope it makes sense. Yes, yes. Um, first, I would like to say a miscarriage, pregnancy loss, infant loss does not mean that the relationship or marriage needs to end. And I'm not, in, I'm not married, <laughs> you know, or, you know, at the time I was, you know, in a relationship with my significant other, but just because you experience that loss, it does not mean that relationship has to be a loss as well. However, it will kind of test that communication that you have with your significant other, because as an angel mom, you're not going to go through the steps of grief the way that it's told to us. No, you're going to be angry all the time. You're going to be, you may be angry, sad. You may be crying one minute. You may be okay the next minute. You may be in denial. Um, the next minute you may be feeling shameful and have guilt. So definitely just being understanding that the way the mom grieves may be different than the way that the father or the other person, the mom, the grandmother, whoever they are around may grieve as well. I know people that are close to me, you know, either they know about pregnancy loss or they may have experienced it in some way, or I have someone close to me who loves me, but you know, they may never know what to say, which is fine with me because I'd rather you not say anything at all um, than say something that's not okay, but they acknowledge me in other ways. So they tell me Happy Mother's Day. They buy me, not saying that you have to buy someone gifts, but around special holidays and Christmas, they buy me something in remembrance of my angel. So it's like, okay, this person may not communicate or they may not tell me that, you know, they understand what I'm going through or may not know what words to say, but a simple Happy Mother's Day goes a long way. So with couples and friends and family, communicate. Because half of the time as an angel mother, we don't know what we want. Like I said it before, we want our baby. You can't give that to us. So we, we really don't know what we want. We know sometimes we don't want to be alone. We know sometimes we want to talk about it, you know, so just knowing and understanding that isolation may occur. We may just want to be in our room all day. We may just want to write in our journal, write the letters to our baby. We may want to start volunteering in the hospital just to kind of have that closeness or finding organizations. Um, some people do just keep themselves busy and just having those conversations on both ends. Do you want to talk about it? Or what was your baby's name? Or when was your due date? You know, I, I get that a lot. And then I also get, well, why is your baby's name Blueberry? I get that a lot. Because when I found out that I was miscarrying, because I want to say, I think the Blueberry is week I think it's like week six I want to say don't quote me on that one <laughs> but I think it's like week six and then because I was almost nine weeks and then it was some fruit that I did not like at all so I was like I don't like that fruit and I just fell in love with remembering the blueberry fruit so when I found out that I was gonna have twins I named my baby blueberry and strawberry so my boyfriend now actually got I can I have a bear that's pink and blue um, to acknowledge both because that's something that I, I just don't, I'll, I'll never know if it was one or two. I know, I know it was there, but I just would never know. So something simple as asking what's your baby's name, saying their baby's name, asking them when they were due is definitely important. And just that understanding that this is never going to end as far as the feelings. So it's not just going to go away. You're not just going to wake up one morning and be like, okay, my wife is, is doing better today. She may be doing better, but that doesn't mean that she doesn't miss her baby. She may have gotten out of bed today. And that's definitely something you should commend her and acknowledge her for. But that doesn't mean she doesn't miss her baby anymore. And that's what people forget. 
because we are continuing on with life. Oh, now it's okay. Are you gonna have a baby now? Go have a baby now. No, I'm still grieving from my last child. So just kind of just being open with them and, and not dismissing any of their feelings. So it's uh, very much being flexible in a sort of relationship and adapt to the, to the time and moment mm-hmm. uh, as the, the time goes uh, and acknowledge uh, the baby. Yes. Daniel, what is the meaning? We are in the month of October. What is the meaning of this month? So this um, month is definitely the month to spread awareness. So October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. And October 15th is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Remembrance Day. So the entire month of October is geared towards just spreading awareness about pregnancy loss, infant loss, honoring and remembering those pregnancies and infants and babies who were too beautiful for earth, which is what we say. Um, And then on the 15th, which is the Remembrance Day at 7 p.m., we all participate in the wave of light, which means um, 7 p.m. everyone else's. So 7 p.m. your time zone, you will light a candle and that will be that wave of light around the world for all of the pregnancy and babies to be remembered and honored. So it's a very important month. <laughs> oh, that, that, that is beautiful. So it will be in, uh, in today's uh, uh, from, from now. Um, Daniel, you know, this is uh, a podcast called Forgiven Tribe. And uh, when I started this uh, podcast, the idea was um, the forgiveness um, of others or ourselves is an important step to overcome challenges uh, and ultimately to thrive. Uh, what are your thoughts about uh, that forgiveness or self-forgiveness? And is there any room um, when it comes to overcome the hurdles of a pregnancy loss? Yes. First, I would say... We as angel mothers, we definitely deal with forgiveness. And I say it that way because we blame ourselves a lot and we dislike our bodies because of it. Like I stated before, it's why couldn't our body go through with this pregnancy? So with that, we are blaming ourselves and it is a hard pill to swallow, to know that you blame yourself and you just have to understand that you do have to forgive yourself because at the end of the day, we all want to be mothers. And when you are ready, you will be able to complete that research and find those different programs and support groups and understand that if you are not able to physically carry a baby, that they there are other ways for you to be a mother and that is nothing to be ashamed about at all. Um, I know a lot of women do want to go through the way of birthing a child. There's nothing wrong with that, but we also need to make it common because pregnancy and infant loss is common that if you are not able to carry a child, that it is okay to have a surrogate. It's okay to adopt or go through the other different ways that you can get pregnant, but it just takes time. It takes time to forgive yourself for that. And then as long as you have a genuine support system, as long as you acknowledge your loss. So what I mean by acknowledge your loss is it's not saying, okay, I know I had a miscarriage, time to move on. It's, I know I had a miscarriage. I know I lost my baby and that is okay. So what do I need to do to continue to move forward? Because healing does not mean forgetting. Healing does not mean dismissing. Healing means one day I still want to be a mother. So what do I need to do to get healthy? Or what do I need to do to try to decrease the risk of having a miscarriage. Okay, maybe I do need to start taking vitamins because when I first found out I was pregnant, I didn't know anything about taking multivitamins or I didn't know that I needed to have this type of pre 
natal care. So I just want the angel moms that are listening to know and understand that I feel as though one of the first steps to healing is forgiving yourself, forgiving yourself and acknowledging that you were pregnant. Even though you are no longer pregnant or you no longer have that baby, it's okay. And if you are not mentally or emotionally okay, that's okay too. So just knowing and understanding that with forgiveness, your feelings are still validated. Wow, that, that is uh, uh, absolutely uh, beautiful. Um, going back to your organization, I'm a bit aware of, of the time, so I want to come back a little on uh, the, the work and activities uh, that you are, uh, you are doing. Um, what do you have really coming up, um, for example, at the beginning of next year in 2022? So that is actually something that the listeners will have to stay tuned for <laughs> because we do have some exciting programs, um, program events and fundraisers, as well as different opportunities for angel moms as well to look forward to. <laughs> That's fantastic. So uh, remember for everybody listening, we will put all the information and all the links in the description of this uh, episode. So please uh, stay, stay in touch. Uh, Danielle, before going, if there was one take-home message that you would love every listeners, so not just the uh, angel mama, but uh, everyone listening to take home uh, from our conversation, what that would be? So I'll break up the messages <laughs> just because each one is definitely different. Um, if you are a supporter or if you would like to just learn more about the awareness of pregnancy and infant loss, be sure that you are genuinely asking about their baby, acknowledging the important dates, holidays, and anniversaries, because this means so much to an angel mom an angel parent and an angel family, and then just allow them to grieve for however long they need to grieve. And then if you are an angel mom like myself, please know that you are not alone. Please know that it is okay to not be okay. It is okay to try again. It is okay to not want to try again. And there are women all over the world. So not just in your family, not just in your state, not just in your country. It's all over the world who have experienced the same thing that you have experienced. And you have a space with us, Tiny Hearts Remembered, and other organizations where your feelings are accounted for and validated. And understand that healing does not mean you are dismissing or forgetting about your baby or your journey. Healing means you are finding ways to navigate through this journey in different ways to honor and spread awareness about your baby. Wow, that, that is absolutely uh, beautiful. Uh, thank you so much. Well, I hope that this episode has provided information on how to overcome a pregnancy or infant loss. Um, I want to leave you with uh, something that the former First Lady Michelle Obama uh, revealed during an interview while promoting her book, Becoming. Um, you may know perhaps that um, she suffered a miscarriage. And mm -hmm. during that interview, she said, I felt lost and alone, and I felt like I failed. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how common miscarriages were because we don't talk about them. We sit in our pain thinking that somehow we are broken. Danielle, Thank you very much for accepting our invitation and for sharing your story uh, in a so uh, beautiful and vulnerable uh, way and for providing us with such a valuable information. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. So what are uh, your thoughts? Uh, have you or perhaps someone you know uh, experienced a miscarriage or a, a loss of uh, an infant? If so, where are you in your healing journey? Are you receiving the right support? If not, get in touch. And if you struggle, don't forget to search for help and to visit, in particular, uh, Daniela's organization, Tiny Hearts Remembered.
And also don't forget to follow this organization on social media. We will put all the indication in this, uh, uh, the description of today's uh, episode. Um, as always, however, if you've been affected by the topic we discussed today, I invite you to seek professional help. Join me next time when we will continue exploring inspiring and challenging situations. Because remember, we are together in this journey. Remember, forgiveness is like a muscle. The more you practice, the stronger and more effective it becomes. If you haven't done it yet, you can subscribe by clicking the subscribe button below. If you know anybody who could benefit from the topics discussed in this show, do some good and share the link with them. If you have a story that you want to share with us, comments or suggestions on topics you would like to be explored, send me an email at forgiventrive at gmail.com. Reviews will also be very much appreciated. And with this, it's a wrap. Till next time, thank you and goodbye.